Welcome. This is our daily podcast from Seacoast Grace Church. We believe that Jesus changes everything. And and as we come to understand what that means, we begin to live our lives differently. And I think as we live our lives differently, people take note. And we might even bring change to our world. So welcome. Glad you're here. Hey everyone, Pastor Matt here. Welcome to day 17 of Sendu. Today we're gonna continue to learn about sacrifice, specifically how living different when it comes to our finances is actually gonna make us different than our neighbors and our friends. Warning, it hurts. Do you have any guesses as to who our third reader has been? It's Alyssa. She's on our facility staff and also volunteers as one of our greeter leads and as a small group leader in junior high ministry. She is serving SCG by reading your deed for today. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13 and 19. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Today's Devo is titled, Live Differently. Live differently is one of the core principles of our church. It means that as we follow Jesus and allow him to change everything for us, our lives will begin to look different from those around us. We will begin to make different choices than them and the difference will be noticeable. There are few things you can do that will cause you to stand out from those around you who do not follow Jesus than to begin to live sacrificially with your possessions. Money runs our culture. If you truly commit to live a life of sacrificial generosity, when money doesn't run you like it does your neighbors, you will stand out. This sounds nice in theory, but when we say you're going to stand out, especially when it comes to money, it's going to cost you. When all the neighborhood cars are lined up, yours isn't going to be the nicest. When the vacations are posted on social media, yours isn't going to be the most impressive. Your kids won't have all the name brands or have all the best or newest sports equipment. You won't have the biggest house on the block. But that's a good thing, because when you live differently when it comes to your finances, you can learn a secret that few have ever grasped, how to be truly content with what you have. One of the most important concepts to grasp when it comes to living in contentment with the resources God has given you to manage is to understand the difference between a want and a need. God has promised to meet all of our needs. Our problem is we confuse our wants with our needs just about every second of every day. Needs are the basic necessities of life, food, clothing, and shelter. Wants are anything in excess of needs. God may allow us to have our wants, but he has not promised to provide all of them. Let's use clothing as an example. Say you'd need a coat to keep warm in the winter. The basic way to meet this need is to find a serviceable coat on a deep discount at a store or at a thrift store. What you want is the coat you've had your eye on that is full price at the store down the street. What you desire is the designer coat in the correct fabric and color that has been custom tailored to fit you perfectly. There are coats and there are coats. We need to recognize that we do not have a right to the things we desire. We can be happy about getting something we want, 
but we will only learn contentment when we can find joy when we recognize that God has met our needs. We're not good at this. When we start confusing our wants with our needs, we begin to think that God actually hasn't given us enough for today. So we begin to borrow from tomorrow. That is what debt is. There is a whole lot we can say about debt. It's slavery. It's exchanging your future happiness and freedom for your present wants. But fundamentally, debt is a lack of contentment. We need to learn to say enough. God has given me enough to meet my needs and I am content. Nobody said living differently would be easy, but you can do all things, all things through him who gives you strength. Well, hey, welcome to day 17 of our Ascended Podcast and Devos. And today we're continuing our theme as we talk about sacrifice, but more specifically a phrase that Pastor, or Pastor Cody, you came up with, which was live differently, right? And so a few days ago, you talked about something that I'd love if you uh, could share a little bit more about that. Um, part of your story is there was this intersection, or rather there was a junction between Cody's will for his life and his future. You mentioned that you kind of had a profitable business pretty young in life, and then ministry, and, and maybe the call to do and, and jump into to ministry. And so you kind of had to have this junction point of this realization that maybe less money for you was more of God's will for you in your life. Can you talk about that for a little bit? I mean, yeah, I've, I've shared my story a little bit, but it was a, when Amy and I first got married, it was the first five years of our marriage, and uh, we kind of fell upon a great business opportunity, started to make more money than we thought we would ever make. And um, But throughout that, and I was having conversations with my dad, is I always thought I was supposed to be a pastor, but then I started to think twice about that because... Uh, money was coming in and there was lots of things that came with that that we could do. Um, we were able to buy a house early and we were able to travel the world and do all these great things. Um, but I was always, I was more anxious and stressed out than I had ever been before. And so what was weird is I was told my whole life, money will make you happy. I see money coming in and I am the least happy that I've ever been. And Amy and I relationally, although it was early on in our marriage, we were already experiencing conflict. And it was it was totally due to this business and, and Tug work. Tug your heart, all that stuff. Yeah, and so through lots of prayer um, over those years, it I just came to realize, um, you know, this isn't this isn't what God created me for. And I'm not saying like everybody has to stop what they're doing and go do ministry, but I knew that I was supposed to do ministry. And so literally, this I wouldn't advise this. I I just quit one day. I just said I'm done and I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm gonna go do ministry. And it was kind of a radical shift for me. I'm not advising anybody else do that because with that came a lot of other issues like, I don't know, how do we pay the mortgage? And are we gonna be on the streets and things like that? But um, but I, I've never looked back and Amy and I were talking a couple nights ago, um, we, we went out for a date night and we were just talking about kind of where we've been all these years and this is our 19th Valentine's together. and. And we're talking about things that we appreciate about one another. And she says, I appreciate how when you make a decision and you know God's calling you, you never look back. And that has been my experience is I never looked back. I never doubted the decision. I just said, here we go. Let's move. And um, and man, it has brought an incredible amount of freedom. Not necessarily financial freedom. Sure. I'm not saying like, and then God made me rich. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what happened. God take care of me. And, and that has actually been far better than any of the wealth that I could have accumulated uh, over the years. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, for the rest of us, what do you guys see the difference really between a want and a need? Again, living and working with very poor people, 
I look at my life now and I think, man, 99% of this, I think are our needs, but they're really wants. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the wants? They're the basics? Yeah, the oh, basics. I can tell you guys something. So when uh, well, my parents went to visit James and Cammie in Indonesia, so they, he says that they did not live high on the hog over there. So they went over there and they did not have a couch in their living room. Um, and so I think my parents felt that that was a need for their life. And so they went and you guys had to go somewhere random to buy a couch so my parents had something to sit on, but James and Cammie did not feel that that was a need for their life, so they sat on pillows on the floor. You want to be all bougie for, in the neighborhood or yeah. what? <laughs> that's, that's how the locals did it. They sat on the floor, so we sat it. on the that's floor. Funny. That's awesome. So the, our needs just the simply like, I need food, I need water, water shelter. I need shelter, you know. But even, even that, like you start getting like food, it's like, Okay, how much food do like you really Mastro's. need? Like Mastro's, yeah, like I only need that once like, in a it's while. A, it's just like, it's like really, yeah. we start, if you start stripping it away, it's like, yeah. it's it's very little we actually need. I'm on a fast right now, just like a lot of people, and I, I really feel like I need In-N-Out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but do you need it? I kind of feel like I need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so have you seen uh, the confusion over wants and uh, needs really kind of hurt people? I guess I'll go first. And, any, uh, any pastor that does any uh, premarital counseling, one of the very first things we talk about is um, agreed upon expectations, right? So you have uh, uh, both people agree upon certain expectations so that when one holds the other accountable to the expectation has been agreed upon. But if you're holding someone to accountable to an expectation which they have not agreed upon, then that's where a lot of, or, or they're not even, you know, um, voiced, then that's where a lot of relational problems happen. I think we are attributing a lot of things to God when it comes to wants and needs in our life. Um, and they're not necessarily agreed upon. We don't find them in scripture that he's gonna provide, you know, $400,000 a year for you and things like that. And you think, well, I'm being faithful and I'm, I'm continuing to tithe or I'm, I'm volunteering and yet uh, I still struggle maybe financially or, or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, for the rest of us, how have you seen the confusion really over the difference of wants and needs really hurt people or maybe even damage their theology or maybe they had wrong theology about it? I think uh, people see a lot of their, uh, a lot of things as needs and so they overspend. Hmm. Um, I think that a lot of folks are not able to even tithe because they're they they've convinced themselves that needs yeah they've convinced themselves or the world they bought into what the world says that they need and I get it like I get sucked into that too where I'm like I really need a razor to off road with like yeah. I really need that right now no I don't need that but if you don't have a limiting principle which is tithing and being generous and a steward, then you can just see how easily you can pursue all these things feeling like they're needs and then overextending yourself and then becoming in debt and then you're a slave to the debt and it's just a, a, a snowball. But there's, so there's, uh, yes, that's all true. This, back in the 80s, there was this question, would Jesus drive a BMW? Uh, and, uh, you know, just a question of how much is enough? And so if, if we take that this, it can easily become money is bad. Again, that's not what we're saying. It's not what the Bible says, not what Jesus said. He dealt with some rich people. Matter of fact, he was buried in a rich guy's grave. So, so it's not that we should all go live in the hills and, and do subsistence farming, which although some days that doesn't sound yeah. terrible. And, uh, and the early church met in people's homes that were big enough to house them because they were wealthy people. Right. Yeah. But the issue when we confuse what is a need and what is a want is that, because I believe God wants us to do well. If we do poorly then uh, financially and we did our best, then that's what God wanted. They were fine. It's okay. But I believe generally when Christians um, get serious about their faith, they also get serious about their lives and their spending and their work habits. And generally Christians do pretty well. 
Yeah. And but here's the problem: is when it becomes that this is a need, I, I just uh, because God says He'll provide all my needs, I'm not as grateful as I could be. If this is just a need, but when I realize that anything above food and a roof over my head is is a want, then then and I get more. It's gravy. It's it's like, hey, thanks God. God has extravagantly blessed me, and I am grateful. And so, rather than it being this battle over God and how much do I deserve and my entitlement and and what's a need and stuff, I just assume that needs are fairly minimal. Anything above that is gravy. Thank you, Lord. If you let me keep it, great. If you want me to give it away, I need to give it away. But it develops an attitude of, of gratitude in us that I think, yeah, it helps us. And so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I deserve all the stuff I have. I'm grateful for it, but if I need to give it up, I can give it up. That's good attitude. I mentioned a couple of days ago that Shane and I do um, the, a financial study every five years. We kind of sit through, and um, one of the things that it always does is it forces us to sit down and actually look at our finances and see what we've been spending. You know, one of the very first things any kind of we do financial piece here. What it'll have you do is start just tracking your spending. Um, you know, how much are you spending on this? How much are you spending on that? And then to look at your entire paycheck for a month, you know, everything that comes in and everything that goes out and just look at it and see how you're spending it. And we had talked yesterday that we wanted to talk a little bit more about tithe. And um, <clears throat> for me, one of the things that Shane and I have, that tithe does for us is we look at 100% of our paycheck and tithe comes off the top because what we do when we look at our paycheck is we say, not, not only is this enough, this is more than enough. God has given us more than enough to meet all of our needs. And so you take that 10% and it just goes away. And then you take another you know, 30% and it goes away because that goes to the government. So then 60% is what, okay, that, that's all that God has given me to meet all of the needs. And so- Until if, we're doing a construction project or something and then yes, you have even then, less than- <laughs> Yeah, then we do a little bit more. No, but you know, you look at that and you say, okay, now based off of this, what are the needs that I have in my life? And then if I can't afford something else, then clearly it's not a need. You know, it's not something that God has has put in front of me as a need. And I think that um, doing that, looking tithing, um, a lot of that, it insulates you against debt <laughs> because you're actually, a lot of debt is just um, you not thinking about your finances. It's just saying, oh, no, no, I want it, I want it, I want it, and giving that want so much more uh, weight in your life than what, what God has actually provided. Yeah. Um, so. On that, so the next question is, what about debt is, is so dangerous? Well, the scripture says that it makes you a slave to the lender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so if you've ever been in debt, which I think all of us have, and there's, you know, we could clarify consumer, debt, consumer yeah. debt, good debt, bad debt, all this, but let, let's just focus in on this consumer debt that we buy things that we don't need with money that we don't have. Yeah. Um, to impress people we don't like. Exactly. Where does that come from? I don't know. That's I thought you made that. That was fire. That was yeah, good. That's good. Um, he made it up. Yeah, that's a Doyle. That's a Doyle original. No, it's not. No, it isn't. Um, yeah, and so if you've ever been under the weight of debt, it is a weight. You have to wake up and go. Like, it all takes things that you love, like a car. If you've ever bought a car and you just go, I love this car, and you fast forward three years and you go, I hate this car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I primarily hate it because of the payments I have to make every month. Like, all the fun has worn off, yeah. and I'm still stuck with the payment. 
or you know credit cards or whatever and so you become a slave to that thing you now get up and work in order to pay the somebody else all that money yeah i think of, i think of your story right like what if um, God would have called you to Indonesia to be a missionary, but you were so enslaved in debt in the States that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to heed God's call in your life because you were, you know, you were landlocked, you know? And so I think that it also, it's, it's damaging because it, it actually doesn't allow us to move to do what God really wants us to do in our lives. Yeah. What else though? Why do you think debt is so dangerous? Well, I think it's fundamentally, it's a lack of contentment. You know, it shows that your heart is not right with the Lord. And, you know, some of the things that we've read, it says that you're basically living tomorrow's lifestyle today. <laughs> and so you're borrowing from tomorrow. You're assuming that somehow your tomorrow is going to, you're going to be richer tomorrow than you are today because you didn't have enough money to afford it today. Oh, but tomorrow I will. Well, so, the, so um, the root of it is entitlement. Right. It's in, and a lack of contentment. And, um, and you know, that's, you know, everybody likes to say that verse, like I can do all things through he who gives me strength, you know, that's a sports metaphor or whatever, but it's not about, you know, winning the Olympics, you know, which we think is the biggest hurdle that could possibly happen. It's about being content with what God has given us. And so that is the most impossible thing that Paul could have imagined is the secret of being content with our resources Mm. that God has given us. Yeah. I, I uh, did a quick little study to see like how like all types of debt God is, seems to be pretty passionate about canceling uh, relational debt, emotional debt, economic debt, spiritual debt, really all of it, right? And so um, I quickly found a five. Deuteronomy 15 is that every seventh year all, all economic debts would be canceled. Every 50th year was the year of Jubilee and that was all economic debts including any indentured servanthood would be canceled as well. And the land. Any and the land, land sales. Get, exactly, yeah, the, yeah, the great yeah. thing about that is how often did Israel do that? Not once. Not once. Yeah. Good job, Israel. <laughs> yeah, for 400 and something years. Great job. They had, they had it in place, but they never did Which it. Which is the whole reason the book of Daniel is It sounds a lot like tithing. We all have a really good plan. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like. yeah Israel didn't do it either. Anyways, there's, there's three more. There's um, much of a uh, large percentage of the book of Proverbs really is all about it. Cody, you mentioned uh, Proverbs 22. Um, the next one is uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer. It even talks about forgive us as we've forgiven our debtors. And the very last one is the cross, where Jesus' last words, or some of his last words, were a Greek account term where he said the telestai, which translates to paid in full, right? That your debt has been paid in full. And so I think that so much of scripture uh, communicates the reality that God does not want you to be in any type of debt to anybody, economic, relational, spiritual, whatever it may be, because, and especially in the economic arena, I think spending more than you can or that you can afford is really an indication that you've believed the lie that more is what's going to make your life better, right? But the last question for us today is this, what is the secret um, to experiencing contentment? Doyle, we haven't heard from you yet. You seem content over there. I'm just, yeah, I'm just sitting here being content. <laughs> so it's interesting. A, a contentment is not achievement. It's not an achievement. You don't achieve contentment. You choose today to be content. And you do whatever is required of you to get your head straight so that you are not idolizing something. And so I, I, I really, I think it, it, there's a lot of things, a lot of things we've already talked about. Changing your aspirations. Um, what do you think is going to make you happy? Tearing down idols. Um, for me, it, it, these days, it's about two things. It's about one is living in today. Uh, I need to be content for today. I can't choose contentment for tomorrow. I can only choose it for today. I've set my philosophy, my life philosophy, my beliefs up to to be content, but I have to choose it today. And it oftentimes has to do with two things, input, 
I, there are a lot of things I don't watch or listen to anymore because it just robs me of contentment. They're trying to sell me something or they're trying to get me to be angry or they're trying to get me to do whatever. And and then time spent with God. And the important thing about the time spent with God is not asking Him for things. It is reviewing who God is. The worship aspect, the praise aspect of, of my daily quiet time is what um, reminds me how blessed I am and and how good God is and how much I can trust his plan and how the whole world, it seems, is lying to me about what's important. And and that's one side of it. The other side of it for me is to remember this isn't all there is. This isn't all there is. This is just this is just the scratch on, on the timeline of history, my history even. Then and I'm not gonna get full contentment on this earth because it's a fallen world, I'm a fallen person. And if I get glimpses of contentment and choose contentment daily, I know there'll come a day when there'll be full contentment. There'll be full satisfaction, there'll be fulfillment. There'll be seeing Christ face to face. And something I kind of miss a little bit from my childhood is the songs about that day. Because at the end of this, at the end of this life, you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get what you need. You're not. It's. It, it won't happen on earth. And so, I'm going to be discontent. I'm. I'm going to try not to, but I will. And it's okay because there's coming a day when everything will be different. And the more, there's a sense in which, the the more people achieve, the less they hope for false rescue. You know what I'm saying? I've seen some great people achieve great things financially and otherwise, and it didn't do. It didn't do what they thought they were going to do, and that's not going to happen. And so I want to live this day so that on that day, um, I'm going to receive full contentment, and I, I want to I want to send things on ahead for that day because it's not going to happen in this day. And so, um, yeah. So it's a choice, and it's it's a false expectation at the same time. That's good. That's good. Any last thoughts? Uh, I have a question for all of you. Um, so when do you start tithing? Is that like at 28 or 30 or what, what, when, like after you got out of college, right, is when you start? My, 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 uh, my parents would give us allowances, uh, very small, very, very small, because chores were expected, so you didn't get paid for that. But they would give us allowances or we get Christmas gifts of, you know, quarter or whatever. Tithe. From the get, from my earliest memories, tithe. Yeah. When is it too early to start entrusting God with your finances? It's like, it's like you believe, get baptized. That was like pretty quick, and it was like probably start demonstrating that you trust God with your finances probably pretty immediately, right? Yeah. I mean, the same with me growing up is like we had allowance, we always tithe right off it, and that was just modeled for me throughout. And so it's like when I got to college, I just continued to do that. I just continued because it's like because my parents did it for me. to me and, and, and modeled it for me, I just continued to do that. I will say when it's been, um, anytime that I've had cash come in for whatever reason, like if I was, a, I was a waitress for a while and so like, you know, tips or a majority, it was really hard for me to tithe on that. What's been the, the, the simplest way for us to tithe is we set up auto pay. Yeah, it just comes right out of my <laughs> we account. Get, we get direct deposit, it. and then it goes out, and it's it's done. And yes. and again, it's an obedient thing. It's not about me. It's about just recognizing this is God's, 
And so once I started getting, for me, I think I became the most consistent with tithing once I started getting a, a consistent paycheck. And then every month it just, it came off the top and yeah, it was an automatic Because we can say, thing. if you have a problem with tithing, like forgetting and ex just bake it into your paycheck, make it come out. That's probably the easiest way to do it, right? Cool. Any last thoughts before we send them on their way? Teach your kids. Can, can I talk about that for a sec? I get the opportunity to uh, partner with our kids ministry here. And each one of our theaters upstairs, they have a, a little offering box. And I get to see all these little kids from you know kindergarten, first, second, uh, all the way up to fifth grade. Um, they, they enter into their th theaters and mom and dad give them some money. And I just see the joy on their face. And I love that there's so many people in our church that are baking this habit into their young now um, where they the kids are self-offering something. They could go to the snack shack and buy you know, some candy, whatever it is, but they're volitionally making the decision, I'm gonna trust God with this, I'm gonna do this because it's an act of obedience. And if our kids can teach us that in our church, I think, I think that we should be modeling that as well. So anyways, we'll see you guys um, tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Now we're gonna turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this week's topic, the main resource for the rest of the week's devos is the Live Well Workbook by Crown Financial Ministries. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Number one, has there ever been a time in your life that you were content? What was it like? Two, how would you describe the difference between a want and a need? What most often causes you to confuse the two? And three, what would it take for you to be content in your life right now? Hey, thanks for joining us today. You hope that uh, you've learned something. Maybe you're inspired to something. You recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues. And so we begin to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're going to take some action. Change the way you're thinking. Involve yourself in something. Do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.